Everybody and welcome back to the full 40 with Chris, Trevor, and Willie, presented by Homefield. I guess the full 40 is presented by Homefield. We're not presented by Homefield, but you know, here we are. Um, it is the day before Valentine's Day. I think we're all feeling pretty loved by the Villanova Wildcats, and by loved, I mean in a toxic relationship. Um, but we're on an upswing right now. We had a we had a good Sunday. We had a good Super Bowl Sunday. How are we feeling, fellas? I love the toxic relationship analogy. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that because I was like, this is not a healthy relationship that you're describing. Um, it's like one of those things as a toxic relationship. It's like you can just hear the uh, the abused woman in the relationship being like, no, he's changed. He's different now. Yeah. Villanova basketball would never hurt me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He makes every shot now. Now he's okay. <laughs> well, we we did win a game. So that's a positive start. But first, we lost again. <laughs> yeah, we, oh, oh I, I literally blanked that out of my head. It's impossible to prevent this, says the only team who this consistently happens to. <laughs> uh, blowing, you know, starting, well, I guess we'll talk Xavier first. Starting, yeah. like, on our uh, patented... Zero to eight run to start the game. Zero nine. I don't think it was a kill shot technically. Um, I think we got some points scored before that happened. But um, and then obviously we clawed our way back into it and took a lead because that's just Villanova basketball these days. And then um, back and forth, back and forth. And as fate would have it, we had eighteen seconds, nineteen seconds, the ball and a timeout, and. Uh, and then they just ended the game. I don't. They, well, the, well, the thing is, yeah. yeah, the thing is, like when you have eighteen seconds to ball in the timeout, you always get a shot up. Like that's it's never <laughs> yeah, in the history I, of basketball. I, I, so I, I turned the game off honestly at that point because I was like, oh, we got that. We're gonna get a shot off. It's yeah, it's literally, totally we're getting fine. a shot off. <laughs> we have we have plenty of time. A timeout. You know, we had the right lineup on the floor. Um, you know. Nobody was too gassed to be out there or or make bad decisions. And uh, and obviously, you know, the ball was in the right player's hands at the end of the game, and, and he made a play. That's how it goes. But to actually, like, talk about this for a second, what's so funny about this is I wasn't even pissed that we, like, didn't go quickly. Like, I thought we could have um, – like, I wasn't mad about two. not going quickly. Yeah, I was but, mad about not getting yeah. anything. Like I was like I, I was like I actually understand the logic right now of just like going for the tie. I was like I, I was like I probably would have gone for two. Like like this is literally the classic situation. Do you go for two? I was like eighteen seconds up, run to the basket, go for two. Like who knows if they're gonna make it? But I was like you know what? I don't hate this. I hated every other thing that happened on that play. Um, <laughs> Hazen was talking about like the failed elevator screen, um, which like I love that play. It's a great it's a great basketball play. Um, when I the first time I like started to learn about the elevator screen was like it's what the like early Warriors ran a lot with like getting Clay Thompson open on the corner. Um, 
So I was like, oh, this is such a cool play. And Hazen is not Clay Thompson as much as I think he's the, the top 100 shooter in the world. Um, Q Brian coming in and yelling at me. Is, um, is Clay Thompson a top 100 shooter right now? That's the, uh, yeah, that's the real maybe question. He is Clay Thompson. Yeah. Just, you know, 34 year old Clay Thompson who can't close games anymore. Um, we digress. But he can't close games. Hazen can't get a shot up. Um, and it was just like, it was one of those th- situations where, like, I think very to, – to give credit where credit's due, Xavier played good defense on it. Like, they forced our hand. I just thought at a second for – I thought, like, honestly, I thought Haas was just going to chuck it from half court. And I was like, honestly, like, fine, I'll take it. Like, it was, it was a busted play due to Xavier. Like, frankly, like, Xavier did a good job. But it was just, like, the lack of, like, someone has to get a shot up. <laughs> like, we have six seconds left. Xavier Someone... was laughing at us in the postgame presser, yeah. and they should have been. It was awesome. You've got to at least throw the ball. You have to, like, just, like, literally. No, like, you don't. <laughs> you don't. How do you not just, like, be like, like anything, anything? It's insane. That was, Knicks, that was absolutely outrageous. The Knicks just had that happen to them uh, yesterday. Aaron Holiday had a stupid shot, just threw the ball, and Brunson fouled him, which has to be a protest. Foul. They're, they're yeah. protesting they're that. They're protesting yeah. it. But, like, hey, Aaron Holiday was like, well, I got to get a shot up at the very least, and it gave the Rockets the win. Like, something like that. Like, uh, Xavier player closes out too hard, and, okay, well, Hawson's at the line shooting three, or Dixon's at the line shooting three. Um, outside of that, how did we feel about the game? Like, outside so, of the poor execution. So, so here's the thing that, that that's, like, bothersome to me is that I actually thought Neptune coached a pretty good game. Like, yeah. like first off, Miller's done a great job with that team. The fact that they're even in the bubble conversation after the start that they had, after all the injuries they've had, yep. is a credit to his coaching, right? But, like, but like he's got that team to commit to defense, which, like, no one on that team played defense last year. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the guys weren't even playing or on the team. So he's, he's managed to – turn that season around by like evaluating what his talent is saying there isn't a whole lot of offensive talent. I'm going to get these guys to lock in on defense. He's turned them into a really good defense. Sounds like somebody I know. Yep. Fair. But except, except we were theoretically supposed to be good on offense. Um, But the, but, but then like we, it was a, you know, knock them out, drag them out game. Yep. And the game wasn't lost on that final play. The game was lost on the fact that our players can't make a fucking layup. Like, yeah. and that was out, out. It was outrageous. I mean, I, Dixon was like seven for seventeen, yeah, or something like that. Like, the I put this on the Twitter account, but like, it was we were something like eleven for thirty-one overall shooting by the fifth-year seniors. So like. And, and like I included Hakeem Hart in there, but he actually raised that because I think he was three for five. But like, just like more, we might need to have a conversation about. But more, Eric Dixon and um, I'm forgetting Burton um, and Burton were like a combined like eight for or some, something like less than ten. We were for, seven for seventeen with. Shots at the rim at one point. I remember. Yeah, we finished thirteen for twenty six, which like oh fifty percent. Fifty percent is not good at the rim. Like that's no. like that's below average. Like it, you're looking at like at the rim, you're looking. You're sh- I'm shooting sixty plus seventy percent elite. Sixty is like you're good. Right. Um, we shot thirteen of thirty five from two. Like 
if you told me that we shot 13, 35 from two versus Xavier, I was like, oh, well, we lost by 24. <laughs> like, that's just what I. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we hung tough. And yeah. like, so like, so like, I, I actually felt, and this is not going to be popular because everyone wants to shit on him at the moment, which like, I'm cool with that too, because at some point in time, when you lose enough, you lose. Right. Like, like, and, and, that, be, and that, becomes, that becomes, yeah, exactly right. That's what that's, you, you have to blame the coach. Right. Like at some point in time, you have to come to that. But but when it happens, especially over the long stretch of the season. Right. But on a microcosm of this game, he was the coach was failed by his oldest, by his oldest, most experienced guys who couldn't make a bucket. Yeah. And like, look, I, I look at Eric Dixon and say, OK, that's one off. Right. Like he's been he's been really good. Right. Justin Moore, as I said, like he's clearly lost. He, like I think on the last podcast, we said he's lost a step. He's not right. He might. He lost, he, he, he's he's a little bit beyond that. He, he lost, lost another steps. step in between. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think my legs are better than his right now, which yeah. is bad. Um, I'm I'm hoping that he's bottomed out a little bit. Like that yeah. maybe like we're just getting him rock bottom and he's going to start an upswing because like even if he can give like 40 percent more than what he's currently giving, which is like maybe thirty percent of him. So if he can like if he can be seventy percent of Justin Moore like he was at maybe last season. Yeah, if he, was, if he gives us what he if he gives us what he was last season with this team, it's it's better. Yeah, we'll it's, it's, a, it's a massive improvement. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think since coming back from the knee injury, he's averaging like six points a game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't just, remember what he scored against Seton Hall, but I think it was around that. UConn um, was his only like impact game. Yeah. Um, one thing to call out, Chris, with something you're saying is like Kyle. Like I'm, I'm gonna get panned here. Has kind of coached like five decent games in a row, like since St. John's. Where and honestly, I, I don't even know if I blame him in St. John's, but like there was just like kind of a crap effort across the board. But like I'll take that since St. John's, Butler, like it was a good coached game. It started, we just stopped executing. Like so, like Kyle coached maybe like eighty percent of the game. Like there's definitely like things that he needed to improve on, but like sixty-five. <laughs> Give away I, that lead. Yeah. <laughs> But we did such a good job for the first 35 minutes of that game. I was like, Kyle is improving there. Marquette, like, we started slow. But, like, there's just – I've seen enough improvement over the last five games of Kyle that I think we extend him for, like, six years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Talk that about wasn't where I started. Was so far out of context. That wasn't where uh, I was going to go with it when I started. But then I was like, I'm just going to make this joke right now. <laughs> But no, I do think he's improved over the last five games marginally. Yeah, like and look, I thought. So, so here's the thing with this team right now, right? Are we the team that won two of the last three, and that one the loss was a really close, tough played loss at a really tough conference opponent, <laughs> or are we the team that's two for our last eight? <laughs> yeah. <Right? Like, laughs> And, and so therein lies the conundrum, right, of of this squad. Like, yeah, we're well, we're two of the last three, so that's something. Uh, that first yeah. tranche, man. That first yeah. tranche kicking our ass. Um, but what 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 I wanted? It's a shame because I really did feel like the last week of basketball we played like a lot, a lot better. Yeah. Um. Obviously, the five games that preceded those three was in that death tranche that yeah. we died. Um. <laughs> and so, and so you have that 
that was that that whole situation was was just really difficult but i feel like we really definitely played a lot better um so you know i get what you're saying but it's this is now we're now in full-blown make or break time and uh you know i haven't changed my perspective on this this team needs to earn an at-large bid to the ncaa tournament for me to be like okay let's see another year here and i think that's a well, I think that's a good distinction of at-large bid. Now, what's interesting is like, because like, okay, let's say we get hot and we win the Big East tournament. Something about get, playing multiple games in a row. Sure, let's say that happens. My question to both of you is: if we are, if we split every game and we're sixteen and sixteen, and then win the Big East tournament, that's not that's no bueno. Right, but, like you, you'd have twenty wins. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the the problem with that is it's well, let's call it the Georgetown dilemma, yeah, um, or the Kevin Ali dilemma. Like, probably wasn't the right guy. Got hot, won a championship. Granted, it was a national championship. Stuck <laughs> yeah. around longer than he should have. And then I was it a scandal or was it like a fake scandal or something? You know, they eventually fired they, him. They tried to fire yeah. for cause. Yeah. And, and I, they, they that, that's obviously not going to happen. Um, yeah. But it's because it's, you suck. Yeah, no, I, I think the worst thing that could happen is that like we continue our like 50, 50 uh, record, to finish out the season and then we string together and win a big East championship. I, I think that would be. <laughs> yeah. Like, like with Georgetown, when they, when they went, when they won that big East tournament, they got made a 13 seed, which was like truly like a sign of total yeah. complete disrespect. If that situation that we just had, that you just mentioned played out, we'd probably be like an, a 10. Yeah. Which is like effectively a bubble team. Yeah, which like um, if we go if we get eighteen to thirteen, eighteen and thirteen to win the Big East tournament, like cool, like that's a separate conversation. That's a totally separate yeah. conversation because then you've done enough to earn your bid yeah. on your own accord, and then you went out and got the AQ. And candidly, if we were eighteen and thirteen entering the Big East tournament, won four in a row, and we're twenty two and thirteen, that's actually a really fucking damn yeah. good year, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, and probably end up as a seven seed, yeah. probably like a six or a seven seed. Yeah, yeah no, you're one hundred percent. So. Because because in, in doing so you would have had to beat like Marquette and or UConn. So so yeah, yeah, that would be a uh, that would be a massive boon, but that's not gonna happen. Yeah, so. like not gonna happen. Yeah. I know yeah, yeah. Like, Ryan's so, saying I have freezing cold takes. That's not one of my takes. That's I, I don't think we're gonna win the Big East tournament. Yeah. But the but the the point though that I was trying to make with earning it at large is that the the, the team and the coach did enough throughout the season. To, to make the NCAA tournament, which we stated from the beginning of the season was yep. the was the bare minimum yep. of expectations. Um, we also asked for Christmas for something definitive, or at least I did, ask for something definitive results, which would this would not be a definitive result, but at least we would have met, met the bare expectations yep. of the of the tournament. And to a point that we talked about on a podcast, I, it was not last time; it might have been the two podcasts ago. Oddly enough, like after losing five in a row and being like really down in the dumps, down like one game over 500, like 
to then take the team and turn it around and not lose the locker room and, and charge back into the NCAA tournament conversation. That is a reason to say, okay, he's got a vote of confidence for next year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so like, it, it's kind of like the weird, like kind of where he's lowered expectations so much that now he's going to, he could, he could hurdle that bar. I mean, we're here and like, let's, this is just what it is. These next seven games will define, I think, or we think should define his, Villanova time period. That's just what it is. What happens over these next seven? We finish eighteen and thirteen. We finish strong, five and two down the stretch. I think we're like okay. We'll we're all in agreement that five and two is the number, right? Like, is that maybe? Trevor, you think six and one? I think it kind of depends on on what happens with St. John's Butler and and Seton Hall and and some and Providence, some of these other guys, because as we've been seeing, like. The middle of the Big East is all fighting for the same bubble spot, I think. Um, and just kind of depending on what happens across the rest of the league, like you have to that. What are we five and two? Yeah, you we we have to beat Providence and Seton Hall at least one of them at at their place. Um, we have to sweep Creighton, and um, you have to escape Georgetown. Honestly, I, I don't want to. We have to just beat Georgetown. That's just what it is. I know, but I'm, I I understand that. But um, we got to walk out there. Like, them. yeah, you you have to have a definitive wins there. Um, and I don't like the last two games at Wells Fargo. Yeah, we've the both coaches have come opposing team coaches have come out and said we just got embarrassed. We have to do that to Georgetown both times. Um, I think Ed Cooley's a better coach than those two other coaches, but obviously having a worse year. Um, so it kind of just depends for me on what happens with the rest of the middle of the big East. Everybody's fighting for the same bubble spots. I think, Yeah, you know, what's going to happen is so uh, the full 40 is going to be at the Providence game. Um, just, this is just for anyone who is curious. That's going to be the game where, like, I think we'll beat Georgetown, right, we'll yeah. beat Butler, we'll lose to UConn, we'll beat Georgetown, hopefully at home. Um, it'll be 3 1. Like, that's the game, like, the Providence one. We'll all like, be there for, like, our yeah. potential season's funeral. Yeah. Like, that's the one. Like, if it's like, because that's going to be a strong win, it's a, like, that's just, that is going to be a bubble play in game, realistically. Yeah. Assuming we stay on that, but that's going to be a bubble play in game where it's like it, the winner it, of that. It, yeah, to your point, it also alleviates so much pressure from the last two. Like, then yeah. you only have to go one and one in the last yeah. two games. You don't have to win out, if you will. I, I I'm of the opinion that that okay, the there's three must have results, and they're all in February. The three must have results are the two wins over Georgetown, and and beating Butler. I think we have yeah. to beat Butler at home. Um, the last three games of the season are two away, quad one, quad two games, and Creighton at home, who's a surefire NCAA tournament team. So, like, those last three games are tough, but you have to, like, yeah, we'll have to go two and three. What's I'm laughing at Willie's reaction to you saying Creighton's a surefire tournament team because I'm just thinking Willie, Willie is – 
has has been Team Creighton stinks all season. <laughs> I mean, yes, <laughs> I, was, I, and I know we're on Zoom and we can't like make eye contact, but Willie and I just like locked yeah. eyes when you said that. And we're like, but Creighton stinks. <laughs> Unfortunately for Willie's take, which I don't necessarily disagree with, but they're they're up big on Georgetown right now, and they're going to be at eighteen and seven, and they're they're safe. They're they're going to make the NCAA. Yeah, but they're they're still frauds. It's okay. Yeah. They they can be frauds, but they're going to make the NCAA tournament. McDermott's bolting for a Big Twelve job. Everybody knows this. I, I didn't say I didn't say that they were a surefire awesome team. I said they were <laughs> no, I, I know, but NCAA tournament team. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like eyeing. I got the I got the Georgetown Creighton game up top, and I got on my phone this St. John's Providence game, which is a five point game with 19.9 seconds left. So a uh, three point game. So let's see if St. John's can get a shot off here. <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough time, man. It's not enough yeah. time. You're just lucky it's uh, it's not 18 seconds. They did get a shot if they airballed it. Honestly, would have rather airballed. They airballed um, it again. Oh. Twice this in is... a row. That's embarrassing. Yep. Why even take the shot at that point? Nope, nope. So St. John's possession was a, a definitely better than ours, but they lost. Um they and they didn't hit rim in there. Yeah, why even shoot the ball if you're not going to hit? We, the rim? we didn't hit rim either. Um, <laughs> we we're just working on our shooting percentage. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so do we want to talk Seton Hall? Just something like positive here. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the Seton Hall game was 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 that I, that was fun. We, we asked last week was the Providence game the best game of the season? And I'll ask again: Was the Seton Hall game the best game of the season? I would like to ask that after every game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Turning in the right direction. You're you're asking for a contract extension. If for the rest of the season, we're asking is that is this the best game of the year? Um, that was a fun game. Um, I still want to see Hausen shoot from like forty feet, but um, maybe next time. Yeah, I mean, just solid game all around. The defense was locked in. It was one of the things where, once again, when you make shots, it doesn't look that bad. Like, I know everyone's – like, that's been the thing. Like, we've been like, well, you have to find some other way to make – like, to win when you don't make shots, which is 100% true. But for a team that's built like us where, for whatever reason, we have a bunch of people who can shoot the ball. None, of, All of them have been shooting worse than they have in their entire career. But in theory, they can all shoot the ball. Like pretty much every person, honestly, maybe except for Mark, isn't a shooter or a shooter in some quote unquote. And like we went 14 of 30 from three. Like that's you're going to win a lot of games when you get 42 points from the long ball. That's just like the way it works. Uh, Burton had a missed dunk, which ask anyone I was sitting with, I called it when he was on the breakaway. <laughs> It just didn't feel normal. I was like, there's something. Oh, right. yeah, I know. I was like, something's not right. This is going too well. Oh, he's on a breakaway. Okay, watch him miss this. And then we he are back-rimmed it. Awful. On, <laughs> we are awful on breakaway transition scoring. But I will say, like, when we play with the faster pace, we look better and the offense flows better. It's it's um, And that's something we did against Providence. It's something yeah. we did against Seton Hall and – you let the speed boys loose and uh, and they're making stuff happen quickly. And um, yeah, most for the most part, everybody looks good. I will say this over the course of the last several games, I haven't had the rotation complaint that I had earlier in the That's season. That's what I was, I was saying that too. And again, Seton Hall and Providence games, both it was 
like this is kind of like a backhanded compliment, but like I forgot that Neptune was the coach um, <laughs> because there was nothing like ridiculous happening that I was like, why on earth is is this the lineup right now? Or like, why do we call a timeout here or something like that? You know, it's just like, and it, I, I think it said the same thing during the Bahamas. It was like, okay, like the machine is working right now. So you don't think about who's running the machine. The, the other thing I'll say there is that for as much as there's been some regression of skills from a handful of players, Hazen is markedly improved yeah. or markedly more impactful to winning than he has been in the past. Able to stay on the floor more. Yeah. Um, obviously, and, we're not better defensively with him out there, but he's holding his own, I would say. Relative to when he's bombing the long ball, yeah. like – like yeah, if he's if he's hitting shots like he can hit, yeah. which which he's he's been doing. Um, the, thing then... I, the thing I've liked also it's not like it's not a lot, but like more than ever he's been putting the ball on the floor and like also like not I don't want to say getting to the rim because like that's a loose term, but like he's been taking I think he's probably taken at least like six or eight two pointers in the like since the turn of the year as compared to like probably like just six. like seven more than he had in the yeah. beginning in the rest of the year. Uh, He's been opportunistic with that. Yeah, yeah. He's made a couple of good cuts, um, which is great. Yeah, yeah. end of end of Xavier. He had to like lay up like right at the end of the game that like we needed to stay like attached. Like not the very end of the game though. <laughs> not, not not the very end. No, that he made that he made a good cut yeah. in the layup on yeah. that in that game for Xavier. Yeah. yeah. No, um, he actually has a nice touch <laughs> inside the it, you know like shocker the guy that can shoot the ball from anywhere like has a good good feel and, and good touch within the three-point arc too. And on the front, on the def- defensive end, there's not like this, like the game's too fast for him anymore. No. He might not just be able to stay in front of his guys yeah. sometimes because there's guys who are more athletic, have better lateral motion than him, etc. But like, but he knows where to be. Yeah, he knows, knows exactly where to be. And I can't think of like a, sh- like multiple moments where he's just like blatantly getting beaten on this. Like he, he actually does a really good job of staying attached to his guy um, off the ball. And he kind of plays pretty decent, like prevent defense on that, making sure his guy can't catch the ball um, gets lost on some switches mm-hmm. and screens. He, he, he has a bad tendency to cut under screens. Really it's bad. It's yeah. always him and Lance Ware in the pick and roll. And he goes under Lance can't get over and, and some somebody that shoots like 12% from three nails the shot. But um, other than that though, great defense. He's got 12, two pointers this season. And I'm, I don't, I'm yeah. So like yeah, six of them in the new year, I would, yeah. I would wager at least, at least. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I, there's been some market improvement. So like the bench has also to the point on the rotation, the bench has just been a little bit better contribution. Like, like Lance Ware in the Providence game. I know we, that was over a week ago, but like Lance Ware in the Providence game was like he was awesome off the yeah. off the bench. That was his best game as a Wildcat, right? Like, so when when you're getting better contributions from from your seven eight seven eighth guys, like you're going to look a lot better. You know, the other guy though, from uh, you know, we talked about more. Um, Unfortunately, the guy who is most apt to start in his place or take a lot of minutes in his place has also just been really rough lately, and that's Longino, um, who is 
I, I don't know what to say. Is he doing I, – I, maybe let's ask that question. Like, is he trying to play outside of himself? Is it – like, what – you're smiling a little bit. It's, no, it's not a smile. It's more of a grim, like, grimace. Like, I don't know what's going on because, like, we saw him when Justin went out. He played he really took, well. Yeah, he yeah. took a step yeah, forward. Right, right. So, I'm like, and I don't think he's playing any differently or trying to play any differently than he was there. And, like, I know the role's a little bit different. I don't know. Like it's, I I can't figure out what's up with Longino. It's, Long it's almost like he's doing a Justin Moore impression when he's out there now. Yes. Um, like he, correct me. Like you know, stop me if if you think I'm going down the wrong path. But like last year, and and when he found his success offensively, it, it seemed like it was the pump fake, one or two dribbles, extended foul line jumper. Like that's kind of his his and Mark shot almost. And now anytime he gets the ball, he does the pump fake, and then he immediately starts to try to back somebody down and score that way. And he, I think he's like, oh, for like a thousand um, in those uh, post-up attempts. Um, he had a rough three-point shooting month. I think he made like two or three since the new year, it seems like. Um, I mean, since he came back from the injury, which like maybe he's still – a little bit shaky from that. He scored. We played seven games. He has scored sixteen points. Yeah, and since he came yeah. back from injury, so like we're yeah. Made a three this weekend. I remember, but yeah. you know it. Like I, I wonder if it. It just looks like a bad Justin Moore impression, and and Justin Moore is also doing a bad Justin Moore impression, so that doesn't <laughs> help either. But um. He just doesn't have that. He doesn't have the ball control to be in no. the paint, no. dribbling a lot, right? Like even now, with more kind of being a little bit, you know, below where he wants to be, it's you can just tell it's all in the legs. It's not in the mind. Yeah. Right? Like so, like when he's when he's down dribbling below, he still scores a handful of post up buckets, um, and he knows how to like use his body and and pivot when he needs to, to create open lanes it's, and also shield the right? ball and also shield the ball. Like Longino gets in there and he's on the block and it's like, you're just waiting for the ball to get poked free. Um, and it's almost like you don't want him to just, you don't want to say to a guy, Hey man, just do three and D type stuff. But yeah. like, but like he's going to have to get kind of on that, get off the ball a little bit more cut, like find, find open lanes, crash the boards, like shoot when you're open type 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 play right now until he kind of gets a little bit of confidence back. I think it was the Xavier game, the first one, when we played in the pavilion where we almost lost it, where he really had a rough stretch down the down the down the stretch run of that game. And he his confidence has not been right since then. He has not been at all what he's supposed to be since then. And and the way Hosen's playing and shooting, straight up taking minutes. Um, which is fine. Longino's a better defender. So, like, you know, you, you I, I'm rooting for Jordan to get going because for once, for one minute on this team, I'd like to see everybody trending the right, same direction at the same time. I don't like, – like, look, we played in the last – like we talked about, are we the two out of the last three or two out of the last eight team? But, like, in the la- if, we're, if we're talking just the two out of the last three, it's been two of our best performances of the season. I'd like to see everyone kind of get in line and kind of build confidence off one another. Yeah. Right, like a guy who has done that is Tyler Burton. Like we joked about the missed dunk, but he has leveled up his game over the last couple, 
you know, last two weeks by just like making cuts, finding, finding angles, right. Like, and making effort plays. And as we talked about on last podcast, he's actively raised his game because like he plays better. He shoots better. He's a better offensive player when he does the dirty work. So just need to kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) Agree. That's just what it is. Like, yeah. Right. Let, let Eric go down low, right? Like let, let more do that when he's, you know, when he's got his availability and invert the offense, play the two man game off of Eric, especially when Hawson's in, right? Like that's the type of uh, some simple sets are really going to be helpful for this, for this squad. And then Bamba's been good. I mean, Bamba's Bob, been good. Yeah, since yeah. yeah, he's been great. Been a big fan. Cool. Um, break. Yeah, let's add break it. Today's episode of the Full Forty is brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Homefield produces some of the best quality vintage collegiate apparel on the market. You won't find better game day gear anywhere else. Homefield has the ultimate collection of old school logos and looks with the best quality around. Shop t-shirts, crewnecks, hoodies, bomber jackets, and more at homefieldapparel.com. Don't forget to use code NOVAINSIDER for 15% off your first purchase. That's code NOVAINSIDER at homefieldapparel.com. So, so we talked a little bit of bubble, but do you want to kind of dig in on this a little bit more and kind of because I, I posted something about kind of our resume today on 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 the Twitters. And basically what it's got, I'm, I'm looking at Ken Palm again now. I'm refreshing it. Um, still 34 after the hand, after whatever have handful of games have finished so far. And he's got to refresh it again, see if it changed. Yeah. <laughs> but 34, uh, I think the strength of our, um, the BPI is even a little bit better than that. Uh, net like kind of like 41, which is, eh, it's okay. And then, and then, but the resume is obviously battered by the by the bad losses early in the season. Uh, but like, looking at the NCAA tournament resume, if you can repair that strength of rec, kind of like the record resume type stuff, KPI, whatever, if you can lift that, it's like like I don't know, an average of like sixty four, which is not good enough to make an at large. Um, if you could lift that into like 50 with the, with the predictive metrics that we have, you are, you, you, you definitely can get in, right? Like people want to argue, oh, this team is in Zerve, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, if you do the job that you're supposed to do down the stretch, right? Like there is enough there to, to put this team in the bubble conversation, right? Like, it's, it's a holistic season. And so like, there's enough there. Like we have great wins. If you take care of business, you beat Creighton again. Like you have, that's, I mean, my feelings of Creighton aside, like that's a good win on the, on paper, like all this. <laughs> so I like. NCAA committees don't listen to Willie. About <laughs> yeah. They're the best team in college basketball, you know, especially after they lose to Villanova. <laughs> um. So it's there. It's just like it's there for the taking. Um, yeah, I like if we go five and two and win one Big East game. Like, I don't think it's even like we're not even a bubble team. Like, we're pretty solidly going to be a ten, not like ten's technically a bubble team, but like a ten or a nine seed just based on the strength of our wins. Like, Texas Tech has looked better. 
Um, Memphis did look great, and now it's kind of like tanked a little bit. Um, hopefully they'll even out um, somewhat. And then like UNC, even though UNC just lost today to Syracuse, like still it's going to be a one or two seed. Like there's wins here to put us in a position to be in a position, um, but we have to we have to take control. Like we, it's just we have to go five and two. And it's also, and I've said this in our group chat, and I've said this on Twitter, and I feel like I'll say this, keep saying this. It's also what's so frustrating about Penn, Drexel, Kansas State, and Butler. We take care of one of those games, and, like, I, if we took care of one of those games right now, we're not even on the bubble. We're on the other side of the bubble. Like, it's very clear. Like, we are – we're just – they're like, oh, okay, that's a that's there's not there's not a bad loss there. It's no longer it's just like it's one less bad loss. Not that Butler and Kansas State were bad losses record wise, but just like executionally they were bad losses. While Penn and Drexel just were going to stain our record, even though Drexel's kind of frisky. Um, Drexel so, might make the NCAA. Yeah, like Drexel, like they 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 will be in the tournament. They have an NBA player in my eyes. Like, yeah. So the the yeah. Not like I, I hear you. Like that's the, the eminently frustrating thing with this team is that you look back and you say, "What could have happened? What should have happened?" Like because like there's just so many missed opportunities. But to your point, it is a holistic season. So if we could pull it together, like like and, and go down the stretch five and two, like this. Yeah, I I agree. Now here's the weird thing, and we were kind of texting about this earlier. There's a world in which you get five and two. But then you actually make it to you get a buy in the first round of the Big East tournament, and then you're in the four or five game, right? Because like the first, the top three are going to be the top three that everyone thought the top three were at the yep. beginning of the season. Maybe a slightly different order because some idiots didn't think UConn was going to win. But like it's going to be UConn, it's going to be Marquette, and it's going to be Creighton are the top three. Those are they locked and loaded yet? Not quite, but for all intents and purposes, those are going to be the top three. Four through nine remains an unmitigated disaster. I think after St. John's lost today, I think they're now six and eight. Um, so I think that we're a step ahead of them now. I think we're the eight seed as it stands today. I think as it stands at this moment. Um, but what separates us from four is like a couple games. Yeah. So, and we're playing a lot of those teams to finish the season. We're playing Butler, uh, Seton Hall, and Providence still. To finish to finish that to finish the season, so all of this is going to matter as we come down the stretch. That being said, the like you absolutely going five and two can wind up in the four or five game, which I think there's a lot of us who are thinking in their heads, go five and two down the stretch, and eleven and nine will put us at the sixth seed, and the sixth seed will play DePaul or or Georgetown, I guess, in the in the 6-11 game, and that's the one game to win to make the NCAA tournament to get that 19th game. Whereas, well, now it's going to – it potentially is like, yeah. okay, you're playing Butler or you're playing, um, you know, Providence or Seton Hall in the Garden on on Tuesday at two, uh, Thursday at 2.30 for the right to play UConn. And so, and so you – and that game being – what might end up being like a play in game for an NCAA tournament berth yeah. for both teams. Right. So like that could, 
that's kind of where you're, that's kind of where we're at at the moment. It, it's, it's a very odd situation where like five and two could be too good. Whereas well, it's not tested. Like I, yeah, I, I hear you. I hear it's you. It's so complicated to try yeah. to like, and, and obviously nobody knows what's going to happen. I'd you know, I'd rather bank some early and I don't I, I'd rather get six. I'd rather go six and one. I'd rather go seven and oh. Oh, wow. We are in, if we go five and two and let's say we even lose, like if we go five and two, this will probably be the first, this will be our first tournament since like what, 2008 that there's like a legitimate, like, are we going to make it? Are we going to be seated in this tournament? 2008, we were a 12 seed. Like I, it was, it was, there was, I was still more, I was probably still more confident with that, but like, regardless, um, that's, this will probably be the first one, like, even, like even 2013, like it was pretty clear we we're going to make the tournament. It was just like, were you a 10, nine or eight seed? And we ended up being an eight. We were an eight. We were the eight. Uh, we were, okay. we're not, we're we might have been the nine. Yeah. We were in the eight, nine game. I don't care yeah. what the seed is in that game. But. Yeah. Um, so I mean, this is just like if selection Sunday, which has been either like we haven't cared because we haven't been in it, or we've just been like, yeah, we'll see a top six seed, or realistically even more like a top three seed, like or four seed. Now, if we go five and two, like this will be a selection Sunday that is going to be actually nerve wracking, which is going to be so interesting. Oh man, this team could definitely be in Dayton. That would be interesting. Right, like uh, last time we started a tournament in Dayton, we won the whole thing. So that's that's a truth fact. I don't know if it's the last time, but a time that we started a tournament in Dayton, we ended up winning a national championship. So that'd be a hell of a run. That'd be a hell of a story. <laughs> uh, not gonna bank on that one. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, we we we've talked about the map, but I guess maybe we can just say like it all starts starts. It's already started, but it all starts again on Georgia. Friday. On Friday, yep. and and you're walking into a Georgetown team who is currently down 19 with 19 minutes to go in the game uh, versus Creighton, a team that's been, I mean, candidly horrible. Um, they've been they have they've, one win, and it's versus DePaul, who is horrible. Or like maybe the worst major conference team ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm thinking about the tweet. From like I maybe last year, or the year before, uh, I forget who what reporter it was, but it was like Georgetown and DePaul legitimately have a chance of going zero zero and twenty in uh, conference play, and, and it was like they play each other, Zach. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. somebody's gonna win a game. <laughs> I like Zach, but that was that was wild. That was a wild tweet. I think it was him. I'm pretty sure it was him. Yeah. Ken Palm has us as nine point favorites. I don't know if there's a betting line on it. Yeah, probably not because Georgetown's still in action. Um, uh, with an eighty percent chance to win, this has got to be a game where you beat the Ken Palm spread too. I'll, I'll I'll lay that on top of that too. But like, look the the predictive analytical metrics are. We talked about this thirty four for Ken Palm, twenty eight uh, for uh, BPI. Like that, that's plenty to make the NCAA tournament. But there's no reason why this team shouldn't shouldn't blow out Georgetown. There's going to be no Georgetown fans there. It's not going to be a tough environment. Etc. Look, does Georgetown have a couple guys who are pretty who are, who are pretty decent, and if they were surrounded with some actual talent, might be actually pretty damn good players in this league? Yeah, Jay Nepp's bucket, right? Like the guy can score the basketball. 
Supreme Cook has been pretty pretty good and had some nice and ha- had has had some nice games. But but this and Ed Cooley can scheme you, right? Make it ugly, do whatever. So that's what I expect though. It's Cooley yeah. to out scheme Kyle and make it ugly. Like that's so I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna beat them by like the we're gonna beat the spread. One, I don't even know that we're gonna win because who knows how the season's going. I mean, yes, I yeah. I, I get that. Look, I, I'm I'm gonna put in an effort call on this game. Like this is an effort game, right? Like you come in, you come in game ready, you come in and ready to punch like you did versus Seton Hall and Providence, and we're gonna find a way to win this game. You come out and you're slow and you get down early and you make them believe that they're gonna be about the boards. And you get, and you're going to give Georgetown a lot of life in that in that game, right? Like this is going to be a game where you either it's like a one it's like a one sixteen or like a three fourteen yeah. game in the NCAA tournament where it's like you give them a breath of life early and they're going to build their confidence. They're going to engage more in the game. That's how Georgetown season gone. Like Cooley walked away from a huddle at one point. He's been yelling at his players in the huddle, like pay the fuck attention, right? Like they they've been legitimately mess. So their team is basically all based on like. They're going to clock in if they're in, in it early. And if they get out of it early because we hit them with a big punch of effort, they're going to they're, – they'll fold. I'm, that's why I'm like calling like – I think the two ways this game is going to end, it's either going to be – well, they're going to beat us or it's going to be like a five-point game one way or the other, or we're going to win by 15-20. Uh, and I'm really hoping the 15-20-point win team comes out. I'm just saying, like, what happened to Georgetown, man? Uh, um, I mean, middling coach won a Big East tournament and uh, and got extended. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much what it I'm. Um, they I'm, will be better. They'll get better. Yeah, I know. I under know. Cooley, but like this has been worse than I mean, this is. I thought yeah. they'd be. I thought they'd be friskier than this. Like, yeah, he's a rich man, though. Um, <laughs> that's that was. Yeah, bad. that's yeah. Um, but I'm. I think aside from Epps scoring i'm i'm worried about the rebounding um the -hmm. one thing i took away from the providence game which obviously all the emotions and everything built up into that um they got so many offensive rebounds Mm -hmm. and we are historic i mean we're, we're having trouble with that uh area so far this season i think some of these teams that that can really uh generate offensive re like st john's marquette these teams that that rebound really well offensively just give us so much trouble because our 25 seconds of great defense turns into having to play 40 seconds of defense turns into having to play 50 seconds of defense. And eventually, you know, they're probably going to score if you give them enough opportunities. So um, that's the one thing that I'm like kind of concerned about other than like getting schemed like crazy and who knows which Georgetown team shows up, but um, and which Villanova team shows up, frankly, but um, yeah, it should be a, a dead arena in DC. I'm 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 choosing to believe that this is going to be a blowout. Yeah, I'm 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 I'm, I'm just like I understand the stakes here. Earlier, a couple weeks ago on a podcast, I said we might lose to Georgetown, right? Like, and I know I said that. But I'm choosing to believe that after the last two or the three, I'm, 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 it's not necessarily even what I'll call hope for an NCAA tournament berth. It's more like hope that this team, the veteran laden, understands the situation that they're in. Yeah. And the one thing that they cannot do is lose to Georgetown. Like you can't lose to Georgetown. 
You yeah. beat Georgetown twice. <laughs> like you just have to do it. And if you do nothing else the rest of the season, you have to beat Georgetown twice. And I'm just choosing to believe that that is going to come true. And like, uh, like to be like, I think there's a level of also like, I don't know. This is no, I mean, this isn't great, but like there hasn't been that run by like there, an Eric led team hasn't made a run. A Justin led team, well, Justin team, like I guess technically um, 2022, but like there's just a level of like doing it for like your teammates where like, you know, Hazen and Armstrong haven't sniffed the tournament, like, you know, at all. Um, Bamba, don't think, has played in the tournament yet. Uh, Wazoo was pretty bad. Maybe they snuck, I can't remember. But I don't think they've ever been in. Burton had been in, but, like, it's been, a couple, like, a couple of years. Hart's been in. But it's just, like, I don't know, doing it for there's, – there's just a chance for this team to keep playing basketball together. And, like, talk about wanting to be the, the best villain of a basketball team that you can be at the end of the season and, like – we know this isn't the best team that they can be. Um, Seton Hall was a, a step in the right direction, but like it's time to like continue to stack steps in the right direction instead of taking multiple steps back going forward and taking more steps back. Yeah. Look, here's the deal. If we make this, if we win this game, the other, the other reason why, if we win this game, we get to actually have a bubble conversation with Lucas Harkins next yeah. week, next week's podcast. <laughs> So Lucas um, has said that he would join us. Obviously, if we lose to Georgetown, I'm not going to have him. I'm not going to bother to have him on um, because it's going to be. Like, Don't no. waste your time, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's a double whammy though because we're playing Butler um, on Tuesday next week. Uh, so so he comes on. I think we're going to try and do Sunday. I know Brian can't make Sundays, but but that's the only day that we really can do it with Lucas. So. Um, we're we're gonna try and bring Lucas on for Sunday night, provided we beat Georgetown to explain, talk about. Explain to people who might not know uh, who Lucas is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've had him on before, but Lucas, um, Lucas Harkins, hard at Hardwired Sports. He is a he's the field of 68s or one of the field of 68 resident bracketologists. Um, I think he's I, I forget the name of the um, his website. I'm just drawing a blank off the top of my head, um, but he is been a top-rated bracketologist on Bracket Matrix for several years in a row. So he is like, uh, honest to God's truth, he's better than Lunardi. He's better than Palm. He's better. He's certainly better than DeCourcy. Well, Lunardi does the show from his basement in, in Delaware County. Yeah. So um, Lucas does the show from his house in Indianapolis or whatever. Yeah. But like... <laughs> I, I swear, the only thing Joey... Joey Brackett says going for him now is they're like, oh, he's in the he's in the bunker. And it's like, I'm in my home in Delaware County. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. The um, but Lucas is gonna be the is gonna be the best person to talk to, both about the, uh, the the Butler game and the and the and the bracketology. He's heat check. I was like, what I couldn't heat remember. I, I wanted to say three man weave, and I know it's not three man weave, yeah. I was like, I was like, he checked, he checked CBB. Um but he does. They do. A, he does a great job. They do a great job overall. Uh, so he's he's going to be really knowledgeable. He was great a couple of years ago with us when we were talking through. Um, we weren't on the bubble then. We were talking about like seating, um, you know, machinations back at that point. So now it's bubble talk with 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 Lucas. And, and yeah, I was going to say as of right now he has us in our in the next four out. Yeah. Right. With Providence, and then in the first four out, St. John's. 
Um, and I don't see Seton Hall right now. So, so beating Georgetown is not going to is not going to move us up of next four out. Like it's not yeah. it's not going to be anything to sneeze at, but it will protect us to stay in that spot. And so and so that's so. Yeah, and other teams are going to be losing uh, this week and stuff too. So that'll all shake up. But um, yeah, got to take care of business here. Yeah. All right. Uh, is it wow time? Time to get wowed. Wow. Um, the uh, Wildcat of the Week this week comes from the 2010-2011 uh, roster. Uh, did not graduate that year, but we're going to be talking about Malik Waynes. Let's talk the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Catholic League product um, who, fun fact, his name was on my uh, boss's office door at the 76ers because he played for them at one point or was on the roster, and they name all their offices after former players. So uh, I sat across from the Malik Wayne's office for my tenure with the 76ers. He did play with the Sixers. Malik Wayne's one of the Villanova NBA players. He played uh, I don't know, we're looking up like probably like twenty something games. And then he was on the Clippers for like a little bit as well. Um yeah. now Malik was like such a interesting Before like, that though, yeah. Yeah. Malik was or no, he was it was Sixers first, then Clippers. Yeah. No, no, I meant like before all that, you know, uh, yeah, thousand yeah. point score at Villanova. Yeah, a thousand point score at Villanova. Um what was he? He was um, All Big East freshman team in 2009-2010. Um, All Big East uh, second team in 2011-2012, which obviously wasn't right. a great year. In 2011-2012, he was All yeah. Second Team. Second wow, team. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was an interesting case of just kind of like he it kind he kind of fit the time, frankly, of like where, where that was of. Malik, like, I mean, undersized, super athletic, not super efficient, wasn't our traditional Villanova guard, but he was kind of like the high, like, but he, it was a, he, honestly, he was kind of similar to Mark. Like, we're going to call he has him. a lot of similarities. Yeah, to Mark. Kind of not similar. The best to Mark. Shooter. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it wasn't like Malik was so interesting. Like, even though he was like here during some down times for us, or down, like, it was like two tournament teams and then like the, terrible 2011-2012 team. It was, you felt like he was part of the community. It was like, he was just like, he was still, I feel like a generally a beloved, despite like, maybe like had like some like, like people didn't love the way he played. Like, I still think people were like, no, we're fans of Malik. Like people were pissed that he didn't come back because he left a year early. Like people, yeah. um, or like he had an extra year of eligibility. He'd come back eventually. Yeah. Um, but people were yeah. pissed about that when he did that. No, you're right. hundred percent. People were, um, it was of that recruiting class. He was the only one that people ever really cared for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just call it space. Bay. I think, I think Malik fell victim in that context to who was around him in that recruiting class and who was influencing him in that recruiting class. I think he, I think, you know, I, and one of these days, Dominic Cheek's name will get, Pulled in in the wildcat of the you week. Keep, you keep mentioning every, every time I I send a message asking like, "Hey, what year do you guys want to talk about?" You've been picking Dominique Cheek teams, <laughs> and I've been like, "Okay, well, we've done James Bell, we've done Mo Sutton, we've done Pinkston, we've done." I'm I'm like running out of options here. Yeah. <laughs> so One like, of these days, we're going to get to Dominique. to avoid the Dominique Cheek conversation for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, but like. He, 
Isaiah Armwood transferred. Um, yeah. And uh, Move well. ended up being yeah. the most beloved of that yeah. class. He just was he just was really raw um, when he showed up on campus. So he was he needed a lot of development, but he ended up becoming the most beloved of that class because he kind of had that redemption season in his final year um, in the 12-13 season when Arch was in and whatever. So, so move ended up becoming, but like Malik was a Villanova guard you type of yeah. recruit when he came in and everyone thought that Malik Waynes was going to be the next Kyle Lowry. That was like a hundred percent the conversation when we got Malik um, to, to, to commit to Nova was he's a blur. He's fast as lightning. Maybe he's not the best shooter, but he's just going to blow by everybody and he's in his quickness and his speed. And here we go. Like Jay's going to work his magic and it's going to be, and it's going to be Kyle Lowry 2.0. And that's how everyone thought it was going to be. And unfortunately I think Malik just kind of caught it in a time where, whereas Kyle had the governance, the in-team governance and leadership of A-Ray and Sumter and Foy Lowry, uh, sorry, Wayne's caught it after you had great leaders in Cunningham and Anderson left the program. And Scotty was always, Scotty was there his freshman year at all American season, but it was always more of the quiet leader, not necessarily the vocal leader. And Fisher, um, you know, Stokes was, Stokes was, he was, wasn't that guy. And Fisher was kind of the guy with his ball in his hands in his second year. I think Fisher had like a little drama with Scotty the year before. There was some, yeah. there was some challenges there. They've all grown up since. There it was like college kid, college age people type stuff. And then you throw Jay and how intense he was twelve years ago on the mix of all of that, and you just kind of had a, a little bit of a nasty recipe. Plus, you had Malik Wayne's class, who other than Move, who was a good kid, you, you had a couple guys in that in that time frame who were transient didn't want to buy into the program etc um and it was just like a awkward time in the in the in the program but malik was always malik was always broadly liked yeah uh, yeah and like i mean once he was the yeah, second team i mean he's like for i mean the team didn't go far but led was probably like the leader of the 11 12 team um, I mean, probably just kind of was uh, one of them. And then, like, obviously you had, like, the youth of, like, Bell was a sophomore, Hilliard was freshman. At that stage, Moof was obviously super valuable. Um, but, like, once again, was still, like, even though he was a junior, was still kind of, like, people were still kind of, I don't know, Moof was Moof. We love Moof. Um, so it was interesting. I mean, Malik was one I'll always remember. I always look back and, like, I love the whole journey of him. Where, like, he left, people were pissed. Um, he went to the NBA, kind of had a cup of coffee, was out. Like, he played, I think, like, two or three seasons, technically. But, like, it was just kind of like – Summer right. league stuff. Yeah. Was playing in Europe yeah. during the season, would come back, try to make a roster in summer league. And um, then for him to come back to the program um, and kind of, like, get back reintegrated and, like, for him and, like, just, like, uh, him to talk about – because he speaks so – he's spoken about it where there's an article somewhere where he talks about the impact of him coming back and, like, the growth that he's had and what the program means to him. Like that's when we talk about like, all right, like the whole, like, all right, what, what does it mean to be a little and all that stuff? Like that's where you see that in the basketball program. Or like, I wouldn't say he lost his way. Like he just did something different. Like that's just all it was. He just like did, he just decided I'm going to 
leave after my junior year. I want to go do something different. And then he did that. And then he came back and he's still at Villanova. He's still at the home here. And like, that was like super cool to see. And just like a moment where you're like, yeah, this is, this is important. Like, this is like really cool. Um, Malik will always give me one of my favorite moments of just like in a game was that uh, fast break dunk versus Cincinnati. Um, like he just, I don't know who he dunked it on, um, but I absolutely like yammed it on someone. I remember being, I was in Connolly walking because like I wasn't sitting down to watch that game. I was doing other stuff. Um, and just like looking through the TV at, or looking through the glass windows at it and seeing him just absolutely yam on someone. And it was just like, he was fun. That's the thing. Like, even though we were bad, he was fun to watch. Um, he's electric with the ball in his hands. He would slam on people like, if, yeah, it was just like he was he was great to watch. I'm glad that like we had Malik in the program and I'm glad that he came back and now he's at Camden. He took right? over for Rick Brunson yeah. at uh, Camden yeah. uh Camden Catholic or just Camden uh Camden High School. Um I, yeah, Camden High School. I, I wish we could have gotten like a good story from Malik to kind of end his collegiate career, but I agree that how everything came around full circle at the back end of it was, 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 yeah. yeah I feel the same way about Fisher, by the way. Yeah. Uh, like the fact that he's been back with the program this year. And like, it was one of those things that it was kind of like, you could tell that there's like bad blood there. Um, and like Jay has done in the past, like bringing Raleigh back into the mix, bringing, you know, the generations of the teams kind of back together. Um, those two aligning and having Malik there for, um, for that final four run um, as the student develop player development, student, yeah. whatever the title is. Um, but the, you know, the job Daryl Reynolds had the job uh, Fisher's currently doing some of the other guys that have, that have come back. Christian Nardi, Nardi started there. That's where Nardi started. Right. Yeah. It's um, it just shows like, you know, they were able to get past whatever, issues may or may not have been there um came back finished his degree um successful coaching career started and yep. uh you know just another one of those one of those guys that we proudly point to on the wall of the uh davis center as you know one of a guy that played in the nba and yep. um reached the height of you know the basketball profession of uh you know playing in the nba so not, not many people do. So, like, even to get a cup of coffee there, it's still cool. Yeah, his his NBA career lasted longer than mine did. Um, <laughs> that's that's only because they blackballed you. That was Adam Silver had an yeah. opportunity. That's the only reason. Yeah. Yeah, always you talked to Adam Silver, and he said, "Yeah, ready to learn Chinese, but <laughs> hope you look good in orange." Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, um, because I had to wear high visibility. Uh, gear for my next job. I was wearing orange, um, <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he played in the basketball tournament a couple of seasons, a couple of times of that. I think losing yeah. to Bayheims are according to his Wikipedia, um, and uh, and yeah, Camden Catholic is or Camden Camden High School is is a power, and uh, I'm sure they will be sending a lot of kids to Kentucky and the likes that we will try to pick up in the transfer portal. So. The next Lance Ware is on Malik Wayne's team right now. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Awesome. Cool. Um, only, uh, I think we're wrapping, right? Yeah, pretty much. 
Only thing I wanted to call out, uh, not it's more of like a quick heart monitor. Just this weekend, All Star weekend, Jalen Brunson will be playing in the All Star game. Obviously, watch that. He'll also be shooting the three point contest. Check that out. Um, and then also, I don't know how you can watch it, so this is a bad plug. But the G League All Star game is also happening. Both Jermaine and Colin are going to be in those games. So like, support your local Wildcats. We play on Friday. Anything go Cats. Yeah, go Cats. Cool. Well. Um, I think that wraps us up. Um, as Chris mentioned, uh, we'll have Lucas on the call, uh, probably or on Monday or Sunday. Um, we're still kind of hammering that out, but it'll likely be Sunday. So we'll be back to you within a week. Um, we play the Georgetown Hoyas at Georgetown on Friday. Um, so keep lock and loaded. And as always, let's go Nova. <laughs>